name is Tin. And hi, my name is John. My name is Roseanne. And we are Desire for Holiness. We are three young Catholics ready to share with you our desire to be holy through our stories, our imperfections, and our love for Christ. In the end, you don't have to be perfect to be a masterpiece. God works through our brokenness and puts his pieces back together more beautifully than we could ever do ourselves. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Desire for Holiness. Today, we have a very special guest with us named Joe Rodriguez. And we are recording on May 1st, which is very special because today is the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker, which is so fitting because Joe here authored a book about St. Joseph, which we will get into very soon. So Joe, thank you for joining us. We are so excited to have you here today with us. Uh, Oh, thank you. And as always, before we get into our questions for today's episode, we have some quick fire questions for you, Joe. <laughs> so the first one is, we want to ask, how are you doing? <laughs> how are you doing? <laughs> A friend, Joey to be honest. How are you? Oh, we're doing great. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, so we're so happy to be filming today. It's such a great feast day. We are so happy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, our next question. This may seem a bit obvious, but we want to confirm. Who is your favorite saint? <laughs> um, I have to think about that one. <laughs> um, my favorite saint, accepting the Blessed Virgin Mary, is, of course, St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse, who we see right here in the background. Oh, beautiful. Nice. Very important man. He is. And next, we would also like to ask if you have a favorite Bible story, and if so, which is it? Favorite Bible story, I think, is the book of Tobit. Ooh. The, the Archangel Raphael helping Tobias. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, I think that one speaks to me because for the longest time I didn't know about it because I didn't know that the Catholic Bible has more in it than the Protestant Bible. So, yeah. and we weren't a religious family. So when I found out about the, the Catholic Bible having extra books, I, uh, I dove into those. And the book of Tobit, to me, it was a sweet story, you know, about fellowship mm-hmm. and, you know, friendship. And, you know, it had casting out demons and a happy ending. Like, it was just overall a wonderful story, morality story. So that's my favorite. Awesome. Wow. Thanks. You and we would also like to ask if you have a favorite sport. Uh, I don't play any sports, but I do like watching hockey during the playoffs. Oh, okay. I usually go for the Winnipeg Jets, but my next question. Sometimes (laughs) sometimes I go with Toronto. It's usually the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. Ooh. All right. You said you're from Manitoba, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Like rooting for home right there. Town team. And there's yes. no team in Newfoundland, so I'll stick with Winnipeg. <laughs> the roots, right? The roots. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Perfect. And with that, Joe, we would just also like to just open up the floor for you to share a bit of your testimony. Okay. So 
I guess we'll start at the beginning. Um, growing up, I, I, I didn't grow up in a religious household. And uh, it's a wonder that I'm Catholic today, really. Like I, sometimes I think I'm adopted. Um, but growing up, I didn't have a good relationship with my father and I still don't. Um, to me, a father is someone who's supposed to nurture, love and mold uh, the you know, son from boyhood into manhood. And I don't feel that I got that. I was always terrified of my dad. So I grew up looking for a father figure. And I remember I'd go to mass and uh, like by myself. And I remember at the front altar on either side, there were two niches in the wall. One had blessed mother in it. And there were flowers and banners beautifully decorated. And then on the other side, you had St. Joseph, his statue, but there was nothing there. Like it was very, um, it, it seemed almost stripped of any, type of ornamentation or there was nothing there. So during mass, I would, I would always focus on this one statue of him. And I think, oh, I feel bad for him. You know, like he's always pushed to the side, he's hiding. Um, not that we shouldn't pay our blessed mother reverence, obviously we should, but I just felt bad for St. Joseph because no one paid attention to him. And so I started gravitating towards his his quietness his you know being off to the side because that's how I always felt you know being an introvert and um so then I decided to take him for a, a father figure because I thought well he was Jesus father in every sense of the word except biologically which doesn't necessarily mean much because I have a biological father but he wasn't really a dad you know mm -hmm. so yeah. I took St. Joseph for my dad and um, that's kind of how it started. And he's helped me in, in so many ways um, growing up and even in manhood. Um, I, I have my own struggles with certain addiction and he helps me with that. And he's, he's just the perfect man, the perfect brother, the perfect father. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, that was so beautiful. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I really love how you spoke about how um, like your journey with like having just noticing St. Joseph there and how he became like your own father because especially um, how you said like it seems like he kind of gets put to the side a lot because I feel like especially with this year being the year for St. Joseph it's become like a lot more um, like people are becoming more like interested in learning more about him. So, yeah, thank you for sharing your, your story of how you had him as your father figure. Yeah, that was so I go, beautiful. I could go on more, but I don't want you guys to run over time because there's lots more. <laughs> oh, 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 don't even worry. We no, love. Don't worry. We, we want to hear all about we Saint Joseph. <laughs> we want to hear <laughs> all about Saint Joseph. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so. Okay, right. So father figure and all that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Now, something that really, I, I, I came to appreciate St. Joseph in another way as I grew older, because um, as I grew older, I developed an addiction to pornography and all the, uh, the bad things that go with that. And when we honor St. Joseph in his litany, we honor him as Joseph most chaste and um, so whenever I get to that part of the litany, I, I even now, I, I always feel guilty. I think I'm not chaste. I'm nothing like my role model, St. Joseph. Um, 
it's, uh, I know a lot of people can easily brush it off as, oh, it's just a bad habit. If it was just a bad habit, a lot of us guys would be able to just get rid of it and move on. But it definitely affects part of the brain that is stimulated by what, what drugs stimulate. I forget the name of the part of the brain that it stimulates, like in a drug addict or an alcoholic, but it's the same part. So anyway, I do struggle with impurity. And so for me, St. Joseph being chaste is another reason why I need him in my life. I need to to look to him and you know he was a, a just upstanding man joseph most chaste you know he was in the company of the blessed virgin mary and our lord jesus so for me to want to be in the company of jesus and mary i have to start looking a little more like saint joseph to, mm-hmm. to approach them you know you you want to be a better person for our lord and saint joseph is the perfect man to help with that especially for men you know and mm-hmm. um there's a quote from Pope Benedict XVI that always resonates with me. He, because in pornography we tend to objectify people, and you know we we possess people, we they're objects, you know. And Pope Benedict uh, tells us he told us in 2009 when he was in Cameroon on a pilgrimage, he says Joseph teaches us that it is possible to love without possessing. And that really struck a chord with me. And he also said, you know, St. Joseph can teach us to heal, how to heal our emotional wounds. And a lot of addiction stems from emotional wounds. If it's not inherited, it certainly develops over, you know, being wounded. So St. Joseph has taken on that part of my life now too, besides being like a father figure. He's also kind of like a, a champion of purity and you know, he's, he's there to, to cheer you on and to, to push you forward, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that uh, I forget what psalm it is or proverb, it says a just man falls seven times, but a just man gets up seven times. And in the Bible, in the gospel, St. Joseph is called the just man, right? Joseph yeah. being a just man. And so I want to become a Joseph. So I think that's what, we're, what us men are called to be. Uh, is to be another Joseph, a reflection of him. So in order to do that, we have to get to know him first. And so thank goodness for this year of St. Joseph, where mm-hmm. everyone is suddenly diving in now. So let's hope that yeah. this continues. Yeah, like, I really like that quote you mentioned by Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. It reminded me a lot of another quote by Venerable Fulton Sheen, I believe it was. He said something like, um, we use things or it was like be sure to use things and love people and like not the opposite so to speak yeah so it was basically what you were saying how joseph teaches us to love without possessing or being possessive in that sort of way that just struck a chord (laughs) it was just a lot of that self-sacrificial love that we see him exemplifying so much for our blessed mother and his son right that's so beautiful. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else was I going to say about that? Yeah, like honestly, you have actually already begun to answer our first question. So you can totally continue to talk about your your testimony with this too, because I was going to ask very broadly, how has St. Joseph impacted your life? <laughs> Which I feel like may just be a big encompassing thing you could tell you could go all out if you'd like (laughs) well I'll I'll continue um 
St. Joseph has impacted my life uh, besides the ways that I already mentioned. Um, he, I feel like he's given me some kind of purpose that I don't feel like I had before uh, because I'm not overly intellectual. I'm not an athlete. I'm not good looking. I'm not, I don't have a lot going for me, but when it comes to St. Joseph, I wanted to share him with the world in my own way. And so, you know, I started with the books and my apostolate and all that stuff. And so that gave me like a feeling of purpose. Like I'm not this big shot, but I can do a lot of these little things. Um, I guess kind of like St. Therese, you know, the little way. I can do a lot of little things with love and with love for St. Joseph to make him known in my own way, my own capacity. So he, um, I actually learned a lot about church history and saints and mystics because of my research for my book, because a lot of the sources come from the mystics and the popes and all that. So by getting to know Joseph, I've gotten to know the papacy and church history, which, which is wonderful. Like, I just want to keep yeah. learning more and more now. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. That is mm -hmm. cool. Actually, talking about your book, um, can you go into that more too? Like, what, um, like what's what's your book about? Like, I know Saint Joseph, but like, yeah, like, well, how is the process of discerning writing this book and like your journey with it and what it's about? So, um, again, it started with me wanting to get to know who he was because, again, I feel that nobody knew anything, or at least it wasn't easy to find. And um, I remember. Yeah, I just wanted to know more about who he was, so I started researching, and I found on the surface a lot of the same excuses popped up. Well, we don't know anything about him. He doesn't talk in the Bible. And then I'm thinking, well, we don't know anything about St. Philomena. A lot of people love her. You know, she doesn't yeah. talk in the Bible. All we have is a headstone of hers, you know, and her bones. So yeah. I thought well, there's, there's something more here. So I started researching, and uh, the more I did, the more I loved about him. And so I, I was teaching catechism one day and one of the uh, local parishioners came by after just to see how things were going and what I taught the kids. Mm -hmm. And so I told her, uh, you know, we learned about St. Joseph. And she looked at me, I, I tell this story a lot because it still bugs me. She looked at me and she said, who's St. Joseph? I'm thinking, woman, I said, you're Catholic. You, you go to mass, you don't know who St. Joseph is. I didn't say that, but I thought, holy cow, what is <laughs> So I was so shocked. So I said, okay, well, you know, the husband of Mary, the father of Jesus, he was a carpenter. You see him every Christmas at the nativity scene, right? <laughs> he says, oh, Joseph. Well, I didn't know he was a saint. <gasps> oh, wow. Oh, You're learning. He is the saint. <laughs> oh, he is the saint. <laughs> well, yeah, that really kind of pushed me forward. Like, okay, I got to try and do something so I talked to my parish priest father Paul Tingley who is an amazing priest and I said father Paul like you, you need to write a book about St. Joseph because you know a lot of people don't know who he is how important he is and um, eventually after a while he, he flipped it on me and he says well why don't you write a book about St. Joseph and I'm thinking well you know I didn't go to seminary uh, university dropout like I, I what do I know you know and so I started researching. I thought, well, maybe I can take him up on that, but we'll see how it goes. So I started researching and writing notes. And um, I started at the beginning with 
who is he? Where does he come from, right? Who are his parents? So I started at the beginning and researched and got to know through various church approved mystics um, that we do know a lot about him. You know, we know his family life, his growing up, his, his young adulthood. Like we know all of this, it's just not widely promoted these days uh, because these writings are usually from a few centuries ago. So it all started with me just piecing together his narrative, you know, like I'll take some of Venerable Maria da Grida, who in yeah. Mystical City of God, she talks about St. Joseph, um, mm -hmm. as revealed to her from our Blessed Mother. Then you have Madre Cecilia Baj, a mystic in Italy who had same experiences, mm -hmm. and then uh, Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich. And so I kept finding these people and I'm like, wow. We, we know a lot about him. We just, <laughs> yes. just don't see it right in front of us, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just kind of picked all these fruits off this tree and put them together and made a fruit salad. And oh. it turned out to <laughs> fruit, yeah. salad. fruit salad. I love that. <laughs> fruit salad. <laughs> wow. What so, is your fruit salad called? What is the name of your book? <laughs> well, the so, book of joseph i wanted something very simple you can't get simple it's about joseph and this is a book so the book of joseph yeah. um, so that's kind of what it, what it took on and uh the more i discovered that's you know then i started going into the papal documents the encyclicals mm -hmm. um pope leo the 13th encyclical quam quam pluris has tons of information and beautiful reflections so um, I just kind of fell in love with all these documents and I wanted to share it with people but if anyone looks at the old papal documents a lot of them are really really long and wordy so I just kind of again picked out certain parts that, that resonated with me and mm -hmm. um, so now next thing you know I have you know the whole life of Joseph from his conception to his po possible bodily assumption into heaven and um, that's how the book came to be. And it's gone through several editions through the years, but the most recent one that I released uh, has the imprimatur from Archbishop Arguelles in the Philippines. Um, oh. He used to be the Archbishop of Lima. So mm -hmm. he gave his imprimatur to the work. So um, that gives it a bit of credence there. Yeah. That's so cool. It's actually okay. cool. <laughs> when you mentioned fruit salad, <laughs> everyone's like, what's your fruit salad called? What's I was like, I never heard someone ask for a book name. What's your, asking, what's your, that your fruit salad called? Everyone <laughs> should go buy his funny. fruit salad. Everyone should go buy yeah. Joe's fruit salad. <laughs> it's beautifully named the Book of Joseph. I have a question for you guys then on the subject of fruit salad. If St. Joseph was a fruit, what would he be? Oh, oh, oh wow. Oh, oh you yeah, never, we got to turn the question around. On oh, okay. Oh, if if St. Joseph was a fruit, is what a would... strong fruit? Like, strong is that strong? <laughs> or what's like a, a fruit that no one really knows about, but like under... Oh, <laughs> when you uh, it, it's like, oh. oh. Uh, have you guys heard of jackfruit? That's a fruit not many people have heard of. That's that yeah, I've heard of it. But I've never actually had it before. Never. <laughs> I'm gonna Google it later and see. <laughs> Yo, That's this true. is like such a tangent. But when uh, my brother was younger, like his class, they're like, "Hey, everyone, name a fruit." And we just came back from the Philippines at that time, and my brother's like, "Oh, oh, 
jackfruit and his teacher's like what are you talking about what is that so that just stood out to me because you were like what's a fruit no one knows about I thought of that story I don't know <laughs> that's so cute no one knows who Jack is maybe there's a, maybe there is a Joseph fruit and we don't know about it oh maybe oh there, there could there be might be <laughs> there might a Joseph, a Joseph fruit we'll find out we'll find out Oh, wait, to our listeners, if you have any <laughs> fruit that you think St. Joseph is. Yeah, let us know in the comments. <laughs> or let us know in the comments. I enjoy not how that was turned on. Not to say he's a fruity guy or anything, but, you know, fruits of the Holy Spirit kind of way. So. Oh, oh whoa. Wow. Wow, that's that actually turned... coming full circle. It's all coming full circle. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> He is a very fruitful man, a very, like, definitely, like, I definitely, like, can relate to the, like, not knowing about St. Joseph a lot, like, I have personally haven't, I've kind of, like, seen Mary, unless, like, Mary is, like, this awesome, amazing woman, for sure, but I've definitely haven't done a lot of studying on St. Joseph, and I, I definitely will read that book, for sure, um, that is, like, definitely I really want to study more about St. Joseph especially it's the year of St. Joseph and like he's just a very good example to be like for men um for men and just to, to grow into manhood for us guys um but I have a question for you Joe um so St. Joseph has like many different titles like St. Joseph the worker or um I'm like sure. St. he has some other really cool titles um what is you guys a, happy, a blessed piece of St. Joseph the worker today you have a wait uh you have a art piece of it is that what you said no i I forgot to wish you guys a blessed feast of Uh, saint joseph oh Oh, yes and to our viewers blessed feast day of saint it will be this this episode will be posted the day after it will be posted but the day we're recording for everyone listening uh today is the feast day of saint joseph the worker um so saying that yeah what's your favorite title of saint joseph and why um I have two. Okay. Uh, St. Joseph, the chaste terror of demons. Because for me, those two go hand in hand. Um, I mentioned the, uh, the purity thing earlier, but one thing a lot of people don't make connections to is that impurity is, it, it comes from the devil, basically. Like, and since Joseph is the terror of demons, we need to invoke him in our spiritual lives, not just not just like in our worldly way, like I don't know how to explain it. Um, anyway, St. Joseph Chase Terror of Demons is mm-hmm. he fights the demons of impurity because, you know, for everything good, there's always a, an, an evil. So for me, the devil, he mocks what love is. He mocks what's pure. And St. Joseph is pure and the devil hates that. So the devil attacks the followers of the church. He attacks the woman and her son, right? So of course he attacks St. Joseph. So St. Joseph being the chaste terror of demons for me is a great example for men uh, and women these days, because nowadays, I mean, you could be like a five-year-old kid and you're already watching porn on your cell phone, right? Everyone's got a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Porn is so free now. Like, go to, I'm not going to list the sites to give them business, but you don't even have to pay for it anymore. Back when you were way back before you guys were born you had to go like swipe a magazine from under your dad's mattress you know now it's all just a cell phone okay. so the devil is targeting children um younger and younger um i mean just look at the media as well you see kids 
that are being sexualized, whether that's the intent yeah. or not. That's the message that comes out. Mm-hmm. So we need St. Joseph to chase terror of demons because all of this comes from the devil because he doesn't like what's pure. He doesn't like, you know, what love is. And um, because Joseph embodies all of this, the devil hates that. And mm-hmm. we have this problem in the church today, unfortunately. A lot of people like to, you know, throw stones at the church, you know, the pedophilia crisis, the sexual abuse, mm-hmm. which is very real. And, but nobody is, I don't think anybody is praying for these priests to be protected from those impure inclinations and, and thoughts. I mean, these are, these are holy men of God whose hands hold the host, the body of Christ. So when the devil sees that, he wants those priests to defile their hands. He wants them to look at obscene things. Because these are men of God, the devil wants to do everything he can to to tarnish them. Because by tarnishing them, it's smearing the face of the church. Because that's what people see. Mm -hmm. So we need to pray to St. Joseph, the chaste terror of demons, to protect our priests, the chastity of our priests. Because they have given up so much. To, to serve the church but I mean they're men like anyone else at the same time they have desires but you better believe the devil's going to be attacking them a lot more with impurity than they would you know a, a porn star they're going to go for those who are hard to get to because if you bring down the priest you bring down the whole church because they're able to consecrate that host for us and give us that pure body and blood so long story short, favorite titles, Joseph, the chaste terror of demons. We yeah. need to start invoking him more under that title. Mm-hmm. My goodness. That is that, such an intense title. <laughs> that was like, wow. It actually really wow. spoke to my week because it's really crazy how like this, it's like the Holy Spirit just like made some for this message because yeah, like I recently had like discussions and um, yeah, like people at like, uh, just asking about like even just bringing up that like from looking outside of the church like looking at the scandals and things like that like um it's like the question like what what's being done and so what can we do and i really loved how you said that what we can do is we can um just we can definitely ask for saint joseph's help mm-hmm. um and that was i really loved hearing that yeah That's i agree with your titles titles you know, you, you go to, to the Queen of England, she, you know, she gives this person a title, you're a Duke so-and-so, or you're, you're, an, you're a pop star, but I'm going to make you a knight, you know, Sir Paul McCartney, yeah. you know, these, titles, <laughs> these titles that don't mean anything, no responsibility, yeah. but when we give St. Joseph a title, it's not just something for him to, to hang up on his wall, it is a responsibility, it is part of yeah. his job description now, if he's a terror of demons, it's because he is fighting this spiritual battle for us, for our souls. Mm-hmm. He's not just sitting there like, like, oh, we, they just gave you a new title, St. Joseph, terror of demons. It's like, oh, yeah, that's nice. Reading his Put new- it on a wall. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like, okay, well, now I got to step it up. I got to intercede for God's people on another level now. And um, you could kind of tie in patron of the church i guess with my third favorite title because this is all so connected especially these days chastity the you know the demons the patron of the church um when Pius the ninth declared joseph patron of the church he 
he said he says that the the church is waging a most monstrous and abominable war or sorry the the church is undergoing a monstrous war you know and yeah. she's, she's being attacked yeah. on every side and he wrote that a hundred years ago so now mm-hmm. all these attacks out in the open and from yeah. within yeah. I mean, he could have written that document yesterday, you know, and it, it rings true today. So we need to, you know, yes, appreciate these nice titles, but we need to pray and pray and pray to St. Joseph under these titles. But it's also yeah. us as well. Like, yeah, we need to we need to act because St. Joseph. He's up there listening. He's waiting for us to ask him for help. And a lot of people think just by acknowledging like like oh yeah he's patron of the church okay well do you call him that do you pray to him and ask him to help the church like you know it seems like no matter how bad things are getting we we've got an army of saints and yeah there's so much we don't see you know saint joseph isn't just up there holding the baby jesus anymore you know he he is interceding. He is fighting the spiritual battle with our Blessed Mother, you know, for the sake of Christ's kingdom. And yeah. it's up to us as lay people uh, to do our part by by begging for intercession, you know, pleading mm-hmm. for the church. And you know what? There's a lot of priests out there I don't like, but he can still consecrate that host into the body, yeah. blood, and divinity of Jesus. So I might not like a priest, but I have to respect his office. And yeah. it is my duty yeah. to pray for that priest and to offer penances for him, like him or not, you know, like he is mm-hmm. under attack more than maybe even he realizes. So really long story short, chase terror of demons, patron of the church. No, don't even Beautiful. worry. Everything Whoa. you were saying, I Whoa. think needed to be said. Yeah. <laughs> like it was also relevant, especially the point about praying for a priest that just resonates so truly today because yes, you hear so much stuff about scandal in the church and yes, it's it's not okay. Like no one is excusing those priests, right? But they need our prayers and that's what we forget so often, right? Um, this is sort of switching gears now. We've been talking about St. Joseph, which is so awesome. We're also going to focus a bit on our Blessed Mother um, <laughs> within this discussion as well. So we also wanted to ask, um, how has Mama Mary impacted your life? Oh, she's impacted it greatly. Um, mm-hmm. When I was a kid, um, again, I don't know what it was. Like I, I fell in love with Our Lady at a young age. Um, I was looking through a Bible, a big thick Bible, and it had lots of <laughs> images in it. And one of them was our, our Lady of Fatima. And being half Portuguese, I grew up with images of Our Lady of Fatima, you know, uh, in my grandma's house. And so I just, I don't know how to describe it. I just fell in love with her. I really did. Um, mm-hmm. The story of Fatima for me, uh, also, years later, I went through a crisis where I didn't, I wasn't sure if I even believed in God for a short time. And I was throwing out a bunch of stuff and I came across a pamphlet from the Fatima Center of Our Lady of Fatima. And before I threw it in the garbage bag, I, you know, I flipped through it. And by the time I was done reading that booklet, I was so, suddenly, oh, I got shivers now just saying it. Yeah. <laughs> I was suddenly convinced 
I'm like, you know what? No, this is this is true. You know, God exists. Our Our Lady loves us. You know, Saint Joseph. Every it's all real. It's all true. And oh my, lots of goosebumps now. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is moving. <laughs> um, I, I thought he would want to move away from me, <laughs> but uh, here he is. But um. I, I, Our Lady of Fatima really impressed me because in the apparitions of Fatima, if you read the, all the accounts, everything, it basically summarizes the catechism of the Catholic faith. Like, I grew up with very poor Catholic formation. I mean, I didn't even know Jesus was God until I was in my 20s. Oh, yeah. Wow. I thought, the, I thought the host was just a representation. I didn't know it was really the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus because I was taught that it wasn't real. Yeah. And, for me, Fatima, if you read Fatima, everything is in there, you know, adoration, you know, the rosary, the uh, divinity of Christ, like, for even purgatory, even purgatory is mentioned in Fatima, like, yeah. everything is in there in those, those six apparitions, and um, so when I was going through my crisis, I think it was Our Lady of Fatima who brought me back as if she was you know, saying, it's, it's okay, like, you know, people question, you know, but I'm always here for you kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I owe a debt of gratitude to our, oh my goodness. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh. I'm sorry. I just got to show you something. Hold on, hold on. Of course. Oh my yes. gosh. Oh, this is so beautiful. Oh, this is so Our Lady of Fatima. <laughs> she is so amazing. Mary. <laughs> our spiritual oh. mother is crazy. So oh, amazing. Oh my God. gosh, that is so whoa, beautiful. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold up, hold up. I had, wait, I, I had Mama Mary beside me, but I this is Our Lady of Lourdes. Lourdes. Yeah. yeah. We our gotta bring them up. Oh, yeah. Oh, so beautiful. This was actually gifted to me uh, last year by someone. So I, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I'm so grateful. I have a relic of St. Alphonsus de Liguri in her crown. Oh, so, no. That's so cool. What? <laughs> I don't know if you can see it. Um, whoops. Wow. Oh, no way. Oh, my wow. God. <laughs> Where's oh, the camera? Yeah. I'm, I'm used. I'm not. I'm new. Oh, there we go. What? It's wow. a relic. Yeah, it's some kind of bone. Oh, that's, that's what I was gonna ask. I was like, "What yeah. is it of?" What? Oh, wow. I'm, I'm new. I I just started using this tablet today, actually. So. I'm <laughs> Oh yeah what oh my i'm goodness. so what that's so cool down here where is where is he <laughs> oh, there, there we go, there we go. Saint Alphonsus. our viewers wow. are getting some exclusive content right here holy that's crazy but anyway that was gifted to me after the first conference i ever did and i never felt worthy to have it i still don't but mm-hmm. um and I, I never had a, a fancy reliquary to put it in. Mm-hmm. When uh, this lady gave me the statue with that crown, I thought, well, maybe, you know, Our Lady could be the, the perfect reliquary for it, her crown. <gasps> oh, wow. wow. That's so That's cool. That's so beautiful. That is so That's cool. So, the so I... question was... Oh, um, how has Mama Mary impacted your life? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I feel she brought me back to the faith. That would have been in 2005, 2004, I think, the beginning of 2004. Oh, no, sorry, Mm -hmm. beginning of 2005, yeah. Mm -hmm. And such a dark time. Like, I mean, I, uh, 
I lived in Winnipeg, you know, I had no job. I was getting evicted from my apartment. I'd already mm-hmm. sold everything I could find. Um, I think all I had in the fridge was like a jar of mustard or something. Like I had nothing. Yeah. And, but I'm glad that as I was throwing papers out, I found this booklet on Fatima because it just everything came flooding back to me. And so I owe our lady so much for all she's done for me. And um, on the subject of Fatima, you know, a, a lot of people don't know, but should know that St. Joseph was a part of it too. He was, yeah. On the last apparition on October 13th, while they were witnessing the miracle of the sun, the children didn't even notice the sun. They were witnessing uh, St. Joseph blessing the world with the child Jesus. And for me, that that spoke a lot as well. You know, it, it uh, shows that even in heaven, St. Joseph is still respected and regarded as the father of Christ. So that ties that right. in as well. Yeah, I absolutely love <laughs> how you said, like, Mama Mary is the one who, like, brought you back to the faith. Like, in my own personal life, that is the same thing with me (laughs) as well um yeah it's just so crazy because it sort of happens when you least expect it too like mama mary she's just like hold on to hope a little bit longer i absolutely love how you mentioned that thank you for mentioning that um this is a bit of a different question now more so geared towards writing and your book but um for any of our listeners who may you wanting to write especially for catholic writers we wanted to ask um if you have any advice for them um i guess my first piece of advice would be write about something you love um as if you're especially if it's like if it's a religious subject write about something you love uh if it's fiction doesn't really matter but um make sure yeah it's something you love uh know what your priorities are I mean mine was never financial gain like I'm I'm broke but my book is out and people are learning about St. Joseph and that is to me so valuable and I did this before Father Calloway came out with his book so I did it before it was cool because now now you see all sorts of books and paintings and St. Joseph, St. Joseph, St. Joseph. So yeah. Do it for the right reason. Do it because even if it's not popular, like mm. do it because you love it. Um, and don't expect financial gain because you're probably not going to get much, you know, do it because it's something you love and you want to share it with people. Um, as for like finding a publisher, um, my book, I, I publish it myself because none of the Catholic bookstores want it. So <laughs> But then that's another a reason to show, do it because you love it. You don't need a big contract. You don't need, you, don't. you know, 10 publishing to take your book. Yeah. Love, you know, again, just love what you're doing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm terrible at like English and structure, and I don't know how to punctuate to save my life. So get <laughs> someone to read it after that you trust, who is good at what they do. And again, just do it because you love it and, mm. and share it with the world. That's it. I love how you were saying you can't like punctuate or like structure (laughs) like the Lord still used you to publish this book that's so beautiful I love that honestly 
Yeah, that is the hardest. I don't even know how to use it. <laughs> I still don't know how to use it. <laughs> me too, actually. It looks really I, cool. <laughs> yo, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is English, actually. I'm I'm in English, and like my prof in first year, she had like this whole slide show. She's like, guys this is how you use a semicolon so literally <laughs> you're not the only one like nobody knows how to use it <laughs> oh my gosh thank you so much for that um our next question is where can people follow you like we've talked about your book and of course once again it's called the book of saint joe oh the book of joseph sorry <laughs> so we just want to know how people can follow you or keep up with you anything like that Okay. Um, well, I don't really want people following me. That's a bit stalkerish. That is. <laughs> I'm gonna lock all my doors and windows tonight. Just Saint <laughs> Joseph, protect my home. <laughs> um. So okay. So I have my website. Um, www.beateyosef.wixsite.com/slash/main. And I know it's a long address, but I can't afford to buy the domain. So that's why it has <laughs> in there. <laughs> Put that in the description. Uh, I'm on Facebook, um, facebook.com slash devotion to St. Joseph, uh, S-A-I-N-T. Um, I think the best way is my, my website because it has the links to my Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff, YouTube. Uh, yeah, how can people follow you? Yeah. Oh, oh, he turned it whoa, around. Turned the question wow. back on us again. <laughs> oh, okay. You guys uh, well, have an Instagram and a YouTube page. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Uh, As for us, we are on Instagram at Desire for Holiness Four, as in number four. <laughs> and yeah. then YouTube, same thing, but Desire for Holiness, but not the number four. Actually, Desire for Holiness. <laughs> Our Facebook is um in the works at the moment and as for your links joe we will put them in the description of our youtube video <laughs> Roseanne's winning down of our youtube video um with that we are at our last question now and we just want to ask since um our podcast and this ministry is called desire for holiness of course we want to help our viewers foster in themselves a desire for holiness and to grow in holiness also. So we want to ask if you have any practical tips for growing in desire for holiness. I'm glad that you used the qualifier desire for holiness. Um, because originally when you, when you sent me the question a while back, I read it really quickly and I read it as, you know, um, tips, you know, uh, basically for holiness. And I'm thinking, honey, you are asking the wrong man. Out of <laughs> 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 okay, the desire for holiness, that's different because mm -hmm. I think that we, we can all desire to be better people and desire to be saints. Um, yeah. So yeah. for me, I would say, uh, learn the, the whole story of Fatima because again, everything is in Fatima. Um, you have the, the three children. I remember when I was a kid and I read that story, I started practicing self-mortification and penance and praying for sinners. Do you think I do that now like I used to? No. Kids wow. have, have this innocence about them. 
where they they want to be so pleasing to God. You know, if they read about it, they want to do it. And that's what I did. And so I think we have to, like Jesus says, you know, to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must be his children. I think that is so true because mm-hmm. as an as an adult, um, I don't want to suffer. I'm 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 a suck now. Like I don't want to <laughs> deprive myself of anything. Whereas when I was younger and I read the Fatima story, I took it seriously. Our lady said, you know, you have to make sacrifices for sinners. You have to do this. So I did it. But now Mm -hmm. it's, you have all these hangups in adulthood. I'm speaking for myself, I guess, because obviously there are lots of holy people out there or people who strive for it better. But I would say, get acquainted with Fatima. I know there were lots of apparitions out there. And some people love chasing every brand new apparition that pops up (laughs) around the world. You know what? That's sensationalism. Focus on one thing at a time. Like quit chasing rainbows, so to speak. Um, For me, it's Fatima because that contains the whole catechism of the church. And it inspires you to to do penance and to pray. And Mm -hmm. the example of those kids, you know, uh, Francisco, St. Francisco, instead of going to school, he would go and pray at his church tabernacle all day. Yeah. Like that's all he would do because he wanted his mission in his short life was to console Jesus. And so then when his sister and cousin would come home from school, they'd see him still at the church and they'd take him and then go on their way home. So for a little kid to realize the true presence of Christ in the tabernacle and to get it and to, okay, Jesus is sad. So I'm going to keep him company for all this time. Like, that is so admirable and heroic in my eyes. Yeah. And um, all of them, Jacinta as well, like she she wanted to save sinners. So she was always doing like these mortifications. And, you know, Lucia, she always spoke about the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Like they were each yeah. given missions. So, I mean, take your pick. You have, you have three different missions you can use. <laughs> so for me, Variety. It's, it's, and that's just to desire holiness. Like that is for mm-hmm. me an example. Another one is get to know St. Joseph. Um, uh, yeah. A lot of people could jump in and say, okay, I'm going to start praying the litany every day and this and that, you know, say the rosary a million times. If you don't know, <laughs> if you don't know St. Joseph, you're not really going to develop a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to get to know this. I mean, saints are people too. get to know them, get to know what their lives were and who they are. I mean, they're still living in heaven. St. Joseph is still alive and well. And um, he will, you know, get to know him. Read my book. I'm not saying that to sell me a book, but (laughs) get to know know his life. Like, who is he? Mm -hmm. Before he became a statue in your church, who was he? And who is he in heaven now, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, keep it simple. Um, I'll go through stages where, you know, I could be very devout and, say the rosary every day and do the little office of St. Joseph and this and that. And then they go through like these dry patches, I guess, where I get overwhelmed yeah, yeah. with all these devotions. And I think, well, you know, Padre Pio said like a hundred rosaries a day and I can't even say one now, like what's going on. So I think in these moments we have to simplify our faith life and just talk like, I sometimes I'll just sit and talk to St. Joseph and express my feelings and what my hopes are and just quick little prayers, you know, like St. Joseph, please be patient with me. Please pray for me. Please help me, you know, keep it simple. And then if you go on to these big devotions, that's fine. But I mean, 
I'm sure there are saints out there who, you know, never recited like a million novenas and chaplets and <laughs> we could have all we could have all the fancy statues in our collection yeah. that doesn't mean anything you know mm -hmm. that doesn't desiring holiness it means that you like to collect things right oh <laughs> you know, true. You know, yeah. i see some people with hundreds of statues like in their house but their spiritual life is very poor yeah. and um then i see the opposite I see some people with just a simple cross in their house and they're the holiest person I know. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with statues. I love statues and devotionals, but don't let that fool you into thinking you're striving for holiness. You know, yeah. you have to have these little conversations with the saints, with God, like help me to be humble, help me to be who you want me to be, you know? So again, a personal relationship, the Protestants are always going on about that as well. Uh, you know, yeah. do you have, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? You know, do you have a personal relationship with him? Mm -hmm. And I, I used to think, oh, that's nonsense. Of course I do. Well, they kind of touched on something. It's like, do I have a personal relationship? So get to know God one-on-one -on -one and, and then express it through devotions later. Mm -hmm. um, I still don't think I answered your question, but I think it's difficult to answer how to strive yeah. for holiness. I mean, I guess you could say, you know, I don't want to go to hell, so I want to try and be holy, right? <laughs> the cut and dry, like that. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. Or, you know, I want to love God like he deserves to be loved. So yeah. I want to be as holy as I can so that I can please him. I want to please my heavenly father, you know. Everyone mm -hmm. will have a different reason, but I guess the root of it is to keep it simple and then grow, like, you know, a tree grows from a seed, right? You don't just not just boom there's a tree you have to grow and and nurture that seed so same with our spiritual lives mm -hmm. um, stop talking now because who's the rounder you're supposed to round me back in. no, <laughs> no it's okay we're, we're okay we love this we love we no, absolutely everything love you're saying like it's great don't even yeah. worry honestly um, <laughs> and actually speaking to all that you shared about saint joseph like um even so in our community, the BLD, youth, uh, BLD community Catholic group, um, we actually pray the rosary um, like every day. And we've recently started to read your book like before we start the rosary. And we've actually like been learning so much more about St. Joseph's life. And I just wanted to thank you because I'm really glad I got to <laughs> hear about your story. I want to add something. So if you, you guys pray the rosary every day, do you pray the to the O Blessed Joseph prayer? um the pray the uh there is the i think it's what's that one, prayer called it's that the prayer saint called? joseph prayer that to the saint joseph do we come in our it's the pope leo prayer do you guys pray oh that? i don't I, think that i'm not i'm not sure if that's part what of it. the rosary we pray something on the yeah. wednesday i think that's i'm not sure what it's called though but it's like okay. saint well, if you read my book, you're going to find out. <laughs> Pope Leo XIII told us, I think it was 1871, in Quam he he yeah. gave us an order. He says, I want the faithful to recite this prayer to St. Joseph at the end of the rosary. And this was a couple of years after the St. Michael prayer came out. But he released the St. Joseph prayer, which is the name of my apostolate, to the O Blessed Joseph. And a lot of people forgot about this practice, but technically we're supposed to be praying it at the end of the rosary. So it, it is in my book. I hope you guys, since you already pray the rosary, that's already like 
three quarters of the battle right there. You just got to add on this yeah. extra little. Actually, yes, we do. Oh, sorry. I just like, looked it up right now. <laughs> yeah, we, <do>. <laughs> <laughs> we trade on the Wednesdays, but that's amazing. Like, I now to know. Oh, we have to do it every time. Every yeah. time. Wow. Very... That's amazing. Well, so technically, the Pope said um, in his letter, he wants it prayed in October at the end of the rosary. Oh. But I figure in this day and age, it wouldn't kill us to pray it every time, any day of the year, you know? So yeah. So if you guys pray on Wednesdays, that's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. That wow. was, <laughs> that's when, like keeping us accountable to pray that. I love yeah, that. We will do that for sure. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right, cool. I guess before we close today, I guess we could, we're going to start doing something cool, new and cool for our viewers. We're going to be throw a little challenge to our viewers at the end of our, at the end of our little episodes here. Um, so we're going to challenge our viewers this week to read about Our Lady of Fatima and how we can, you know, offer up your sacrifices to, and also get to know St. Joseph a little bit more, um, mm -hmm. just so we can grow in our relationship with him and get to know him as the great and just man that he, he was and still is yeah. up in heaven. <laughs> Perfect. And with that, I am going to close us out in a closing prayer. So let us put ourselves in the presence of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, teach us how to pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the gift of meeting together tonight. We thank you for these discussions. We thank you for your foster father, St. Joseph, who we know loves us so much and wants to increase your virtues in us so that we can love you better. St. Joseph, we trust ourselves to you now. We pray that you may come into our hearts and help us to follow your son even more closely than we have before. Help us to love him more and help us to remember that you are always cheering us on in our pursuit for heaven. And Lord Jesus Christ, we just want to say that we thank you and we love you, we adore you, and we trust you. And we pray all of this in your mighty name, Lord Jesus Christ, through the intercession of our Blessed Mother. Amen. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> and it's one from, uh, from here. Hold on one sec, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, I can't find it now. <laughs> oh no, hold on, hold on, hold on, don't go anywhere. No rush, there's no rush. I, think it's in my... I have a few books out, so I gotta find. <laughs> oh, That's beautiful. Okay, hold on, it's not in that one. <laughs> I should be better prepared, I'm sorry. It's another one. It's okay. Don't even worry. The yeah. spirit was probably like, hey, say this prayer. <laughs> rather abruptly and we're like okay holy spirit <laughs> whatever you want <laughs> we've done this so many times during our prayers too like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay so i found it this is actually one that i composed and i say it um usually every wednesday but for some reason this just spoke to me now so i want to read it before i forget so um okay so this is actually kind of an entrustment prayer that i came up with so uh, we could actually entrust ourselves to the chaste heart of St. Joseph, if that's okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. okay. Okay.
Hail, most chaste heart of St. Joseph, beating with love for the God who created you. Hail, virginal heart, lover of the immaculate heart of Mary. Hail, paternal heart, whose beating comforts the sacred heart of Jesus. Hail, you who are the reflection of God the Father, guardian of God the Son, friend of God the Holy Spirit, and spouse of the immaculate handmaiden. Most chaste heart of St. Joseph, beloved by God and his angels, I consecrate this day to your honor. In you I confide my joys and my sorrows, my pains and my pleasures. I know that you are always delighted to pour forth your graces to those who ask for them with confidence. Therefore, confident in your goodness, I entrust myself and the following persons to your care. Uh, Tin, Roseanne, and John. John? Yeah. Oh, the guy with the green walls? <laughs> that's how you can grant us the graces that we need in order to become faithful reflections of you. I pray that you shower upon us all the graces necessary for our spiritual and temporal welfare. And I pray that you grant the Holy Catholic Church, our mother, every available grace to bring about her glorious triumph, all for love of the two greatest treasures entrusted to your care, the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And as always, we like to close out with a quick quote from St. Therese of Lisieux. And she says, holiness consists simply in doing God's will and being just what God wants us to be. And so with that, we are at the end of our episode. And yes, this is so great talking to you, Joe. Thanks so, so much. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. I'm very honored that uh, you asked me to be a part of this. Um, it really means a lot. So thank you kindly. Oh, thank you. Okay. Thank you so, oh, so this is goodbye now, or what? Yeah. Bye, so, <laughs> everyone. See you guys. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>